Are you a counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply? Then you, lovely person, are in the right place because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if it's your first time here, welcome aboard. It's really great to have you. Now, Today is the second of the monthly Q&A series that I call Jane Explains. And this, this really is where I answer your questions. So I would love if you could let me have any questions that you have. So any questions that you'd like me to answer to do with, um, you know, a counsellor and marketing and growing your practice, then please just drop me a line. So the best place to catch me is jane at growyourprivatepractice.co.uk or find me on socials and just drop me a line there. So yeah, I'd love to answer your questions. So today I'm going to be answering a question that was sent to me by Janice. And Janice says, I love listening to your podcasts and I have found them really useful and interesting. Well, thank you, Janice. That's very kind of you to say. She goes on to say, I'm wondering though, as you talk about using social media, how would you ensure client confidentiality and and anonymity, I can never say that, um, if a client or potential client comments on your posts? And do you want to encourage comments and engagement on social media? She says, do you contract with a client not to engage with them on social media because there's no way of fully controlling who can see comments or reposting activities? Right, Janice, thank you so much for your question. Great question. And I bet lots of people have wondered about this. So here's here's sort of how I'm going to answer that. So the first thing I'd do is I'd say, well done. Well done. I want to reassure you that being on social media is a fantastic way to grow your private practice. It's, you know, it's a brilliant way to do it. And yes, you do. You totally want to increase your engagement. So you want people to leave comments. You want people to click like. You want people to, you know, join in basically. Social media is fantastic because it's a great way to get in front of new people. It's a great way to sort of be more visible and you know, to be more visible in a way that feels more comfortable for therapists. And it's a way to increase the good old no like and trust factor, which you've probably heard of the no like and trust factor, but basically people will buy from or use the services of people that they know, like, and trust. So social media is great for that because people will get to know you because you'll they'll see you regularly. They'll start to like you because, of course, well, you're lovely, aren't you? And they're going to start to trust you. They're seeing you posting consistently about your business. So they, they know that you're not just some fly-by-night. They know that you know what you're talking about. So yeah, they're going to start to trust you. So yeah, social media used correctly can be an absolutely amazing marketing tool. And of course, one of the benefits of it is it's absolutely free. So, you know, it's totally worth investing some time learning how to use it, how to attract clients. 
So, you know, if you're not sure where to start, actually, you know, if you are a Grow Your Private Practice member, go and check out the Social Media Made Simple course, which is in the Private Practice Success Roadmap. This is your first stop because in this course, we look at Oh, all sorts of things like, you know, what to post, how to post it. We look at the history of social media. We look at, you know, how to grow your social media. We look at how to attract clients using social media. And we look at how to do this on your own terms because, you know, we're all individuals. We've all got different skills and qualities. So how can you be on social media using, you know, your best skills and qualities? I've also developed something called the social system. And that's basically a simple six-step process for, for, for you to follow. So you know exactly what you're going to do to make your social media posts. Basically connect with more people and be more relatable. Being relatable is something that's really important. And of course, you need to be seen. Otherwise, what's the point of doing it? So, you know, and I also share you know, tons of ideas about how to never run out of ideas and, you know, lots of inspiration for posts as well. And actually, you know, I think I'm going to take this opportunity to mention this. I wasn't going to mention it quite yet, but I've got a new monthly event starting in the membership. It's called Plan Create Post. I'm, I've, I'm still in the stages of putting it together, but what it is, it's a monthly event where you will leave with eight social media posts all ready to post. So, yeah, <laughs> you heard me right. You will come to this event and you will leave with eight social media posts written and ready to go. So, you know, how cool is that? So you will have a whole month's worth of posts ready to go. I mean, how would that feel? I mean, how would it feel to not have to have that last minute panic when you're trying to come up with ideas or spending absolutely ages trying to think, oh God, what am I going to write? What am I going to post? And not only that, you know, consistency is important. So, you know, this, this event, it's going to tick a lot of social media boxes and I'm so excited about it. I think it's going to be an absolute game changer. So, you know, your social media strategy is going to start really bringing in those better results. Well, it doesn't start for a while. It starts on the 12th of May. Like I say, it'll be every month after that. So if you need some help with your social media, I think this is really a bit of a, a bit of a no-brainer, really, because it's probably worth the cost of your membership in itself. So, you know, why not come and join us? You'll be very, very welcome. Just have a look for growyourprivatepractice.co.uk. I'll put a link somewhere around this recording. Just come along and have a look. And if you've got any questions, then, you know, just contact me. I'm quite, you know, more than happy to answer any questions. So anyway, back to Janice's question. I sort of got off the point a little bit there. So the first thing that I'd do is I'd highly, highly recommend getting really clear on your personal disclosure boundaries before you get started on social media. So what do I mean by this? Well, all it really means is working out what you're comfortable talking about and what you're not comfortable talking about, because this isn't one of those things where, you know, there's a one size fits all answer, because this is going to be something that varies a huge amount between different counsellors. So some people like myself, when I was a counsellor, I didn't share anything personal because you don't actually have to. You don't have to share anything personal to be successful on social media, but you just have to know in advance, you know, where your lines are. But there are lots of counsellors that are also more comfortable sharing a little bit more of their story, ultimately, if this is going to help their clients. So, for example, if you 
if you used to be a people pleaser and you've always put you know the needs of other people before your own and you've worn yourself out and you know you've you've constantly just you know not thought about yourself if that used to be what you were like and then you learned a little bit more about yourself learned a little bit more about assertive communication stood up for yourself a little bit more and then you're now living a life where you're able to have a balance to look after your own needs as well as looking after other people's sharing something about that story could easily help people to both connect with you which is great but to offer hope so people would see that it's possible for them to change that you know other people have done it that it's something that can actually happen so you know you might want to share a little bit of your story but really it's all about consider beforehand what you want to share so then you can relax and you can post safe in the knowledge that you've you've previously decided what you want to share and it's all good basically now if you want a little bit of extra help with this i did do um i actually did like a two part thing so i did two i did two podcasts se- you know separately but together so it's episode 63 and 64 and it's called personal disclosure in marketing, what therapists need to know. And again, I'll put a link to that somewhere around this recording. It's a big subject and it's going to be worth you going and having a look at that because it might just help you to get clear in your own mind about what it is that you're comfortable sharing. So I think it's about just having a word and with your clients, talking to your clients. Now you can do it in different ways. I mean, some people might have a completely separate contract, their social media contract, where they, you know, lay out exactly what expectations are. I've seen some of those and I find some of them a little bit, a little bit scary, to be honest. They don't come across very friendly. So if you want to do that, and I'm not saying don't, but if you do want to do that, just be aware of the impact of the person reading that contract. Because if what it says is, you know, don't do this, don't do that, you can't do this, that can feel a little bit harsh. So just really think about the language that you use if you're gonna if you're gonna do that. So you could have your own social media contract. You could actually have a little section on your on your regular contract where you can cover it. Um, But given social media is everywhere, I think it is worth mentioning it to clients, even if they're not really regular on social media, there's a good chance that, you know, that they're on something. So maybe in the initial assessment, I don't know whether you call it an initial session or an assessment session, but it's the same thing. Maybe in that first time that you meet with them, maybe you just talk them through it. And I would do it in a very similar way to how you would talk to them about what you would do if you sort of bumped into them when he was out and about. So the main things really to mention are things like friend friend I can't say it, friend requests and private messaging. So those are probably the big things that you're probably worried about. And I'd just say that I don't accept friend requests from clients. And that I don't respond to direct messages. Okay, so you could do it something just as simple as that. It can vary a little bit depending on which platform that you're on as well. So, for example, if you're on Instagram, you might say to them something like, you know, you might see me on Instagram. So, you know, feel free to follow me. I share lots of resources to help people with, and then, you know, whatever your niche is. Um, 
you could say just, but just to be aware, I don't respond to DMs. So you're just letting them know that that's not a good way to contact you. Or on LinkedIn, for example. So on LinkedIn, it's slightly different. So you could say something like, I have an account on LinkedIn where I share resources to help people. And again, in in your niche, whatever your niche is, but it's inappropriate for me to connect with clients there. So, you know, if they do send you a request to connect and you don't respond, you've already covered it, you know, so that they shouldn't send a request, but you have actually, you know, already tackled that. So yeah, just, just talk about it in a very natural way, you know, just basically by all means, follow me. Hopefully you'll get some ideas and some, you know, some hints and tips about things, but it's not really appropriate to communicate through that, through that way. And then I think as well, if you're clear on your personal disclosure and you've been clear with clients of what your boundaries are, relax. You know, I would say try and relax because I've not really come across a client posting inappropriately on a counsellor's account. Now, I'm not saying it's never happened, but if it does happen, I think that the most important thing to remember is that you have to trust that you'll be able to handle it. Ultimately, this is just something else that you can talk about back in the counselling room, and it could start a really interesting conversation with them about boundaries or expectations or something like that. And I think something that's worth just bearing in mind is that, you know, we have to think about responsibility here. When we're thinking about confidentiality, you can only ever be responsible for your part within that. So you can keep your client's confidentiality, of course, you know, it's an expected thing, isn't it? However, the client, it's their therapy, you know, it's it's something that belongs to them and they can talk about their therapy you know, with whoever they want to, they can talk about it with their friends, with their family. So ultimately, if they choose to share something on your social media account, well, that's their decision. You know, social media is not a new thing anymore. People understand that their post will be in the public domain. So if you've discussed it in advance, ultimately the responsibility is theirs if they post something on your social media account. So, you know, like I said before, in our contract, we can talk to people about, you know, if I see you out and about, I'll, you know, sometimes people will say nothing and some people will say, you know, hello to a client and nothing else. But you'd talk through what would happen. So I guess this is a little bit like if you were to bump into a client in the supermarket and they introduced you to their partner, you know, it, it happens because they're they're fine with that. You know, it's their responsibility. They're fine to break that confidentiality. You know, your responsibility is to talk to them about how you they might want to handle it. But if they decide that they want to just introduce you to their partner and say, hey, this is my counsellor, well, that's fine. Because remember, counselling isn't something shameful. Counselling is the ultimate in self-care. So, Yes, many people want to keep it private. I want to keep it private with my counselling, but equally many people will talk about it with friends and family and it won't be a massive secret. And that's kind of down to them. So Janice, I really hope that this has helped you and that you continue to use social media to grow your practice, safe in the knowledge that you've considered both your own needs and the needs of the client. So yeah, great question. It's made me do a little bit of thinking that one. So yeah, that's good. 
So there you go. That's it from this week's Jane's, Jane Explains episode. So again, I would love it if you've got any questions that you'd like me to answer, just drop me a line. And this, you know, you could do it either through email. So it's jane at growyourprivatepractice.co.uk or you can just find me on social media. So if you're on LinkedIn, do a search for Jane Travis. That's Jane without a Y. And just, you know, drop me a DM because uh, I don't mind that. <laughs> or if you're on Instagram, just have a look for at Grow Your Private Practice. And again, drop me a message there and I'll be happy to do my best to answer any questions for you. So all that's left to say is have an absolutely fantastic week and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. All right, bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.